0: Good to be indoors with you. We got extra space now that we booted those folks out back. uh, No, I hope the folks in the back are enjoying this beautiful day. Um, Welcome also to the folks that are watching online. It's good to be with you guys as well. It's hard to believe it's been four weeks since we celebrated that miraculous event of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Already four weeks have gone by. And during that time, we also celebrated the 20-year anniversary of Orchard Hills, which was another great event, and I just want to say thank you for being a part of all that God's been doing through Orchard Hills. We um, just are honored and humbled to be a part of it, and I want to say thank you again. Just you guys were incredibly generous to us, and just blew us away with that gift. So thanks for that as well. Um, in the meantime, Sutton's been sort of walking us through a couple of encounters that people had with Jesus on the day that he rose from the dead. And uh, I want to continue that. I want to retell kind of the story of what was happening there. And then I want us to pick up where he left off last week. So, Here's how it all began, that, that early morning of his resurrection. Some of the ladies that were followers of his were disciples of his. They went to the tomb and they were bringing with them some spices because if you know the story, Jesus was was sort of hurried into the tomb after he died and, and uh the guys did the best job they could to prepare his body, but the, the women always do better at that. And so they were bringing some spices and going to properly prepare his body for burial. But when they got there, and, and among the women was this one woman named Mary Magdalene. She was one of the first followers of Jesus. And uh, she was there, and they go to the tomb, and the stone that was over the entrance has already been rolled away. And then they look inside, and Jesus' body is gone. And, and they're overwhelmed with sorrow and sadness because they think somebody has stolen his body. Well, just about that time, some angels appear to them and, and speak to them and say, Don't be afraid. He's risen. Just like he told you, he, he is risen. And, and then they're, they're a little distraught. The angels say, you know, go and, and tell the other guys. And, and they start along their way and... Um, I don't know if Jesus just appeared to Mary or, or all the women. And I get this sense that he must have appeared to all of them, but he spoke directly to Mary. And she couldn't believe her eyes or her ears. She was blown away. Even though she knew that Jesus said that he was going to rise again, she just couldn't believe it. Well, um, after having this encounter... They take off. They're, they're running. You can imagine just how excited they are. And they go to the other disciples who are, who are behind this locked door. They're, they're hiding in this house, in this room, because they're fearing for the Jews, for their own safety. And so they let the ladies in, and they come in, and, and, and Mary starts to share about this encounter with the risen Jesus. And again, they don't believe it because it's just too good to be true. Well, then we pick up Another part of this story, it's later on in the afternoon, and two of Jesus' disciples, and they weren't part of the original 12, but there were many disciples that followed Jesus, and these two guys had been there the entire week, and they were making their way down to this little town called Emmaus, and they are walking along and just dealing with a myriad of emotions, and then all of a sudden, Jesus just appears and is walking along with them. Now, I don't know how he did it. But in my mind, I sort of have this, this vision of I Dream of Jeannie. Anybody remember that old TV show? You know, And uh, if you don't, it's about uh, this genie named Jeannie. That's pretty much it. The, uh, but, uh, but anyhow, Jeannie, she, she would like cross her arms like this, and she would do this little blink and nod of her head, and then she would just go and she would disappear. And then she would just miraculously appear somewhere else. Anybody remember that? If not, TV Land, I'm sure, has it on there. You can go find it. You can Google it. But anyhow, that's kind of this image I have. Like these two guys are walking along, and then poof, Jesus is right there. And they're not even sure who he is or, or what he's doing. And, and Jesus um, asks them, he says, what are you guys talking about? And they're like, duh. Like, are you the only one that doesn't know what has taken place in the last last week? And they start sharing with them all, all the, the miraculous things that... Um, happened to Jesus, and they're talking to Jesus, but they don't realize that it's Jesus there, and and he just plays along with it. Really? Well, tell me more about, about what took place. And so they continue on, and then we're told that Jesus starts opening up the Scriptures to them, um, that he, he starts explaining how all these Scriptures pointed to the Messiah, the Savior, and, and they are intrigued by it. Well, they get to this little town of, of Emmaus, and, and Jesus pretends like he's going on, like he's got another destination. They're like, no, 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 stay with us a little longer. Come and, and, and have dinner with us. And he's like, all right, I will. And so they go in, they're sitting around the table, and, and then Jesus picks up bread. And he gives thanks for the bread. And then he blesses the bread. And then he breaks the bread. And in that moment, their eyes are opened And they recognize that this is, in fact, Jesus, the risen Jesus that has been in their presence the entire time. It's him. And then he does that I dream a genie thing again. And then and he's gone just like that. as, As quickly as he came, he is left. And these guys are so excited and overwhelmed, they they drop everything and they go running seven miles back to Jerusalem because they want to tell the other disciples what has happened. And so they get to the house, they knock on the door, the the disciples inside, they unlock the door, let them in, lock the door back again. And these guys start sharing everything that had happened to them. And in the midst of them sharing, guess what happens? There's Jesus again. The whole I dream a genie thing again. And then there he is, he's in their presence, and, and they're afraid, right? They think they've seen a ghost, which is understandable, right? I mean, the door's locked, and all of a sudden he appears right there. And, and they're, they're frightened, and he goes, my peace be with you. He, he offers them his peace. And then he says, look, come touch me. I'm not a ghost. Look, I've got skin, I've got bones, there's blood flowing through these veins. Come and touch and then if, if that were not enough, he says, you got anything to eat? And they're like, we've got uh, some broiled fish. Fine, bring it on. And here's the thing that I've been perplexed with about that. Like I get like maybe they had fried fish or they had smoked fish. How did they get broiled fish? Like how do you broil fish back in those days? Like I pressed the broil button on the, on the stove. That's how you broil fish. How did they do it? I don't know. It's a mystery, isn't it? Like the Bible is full of mysteries. So, anyhow, that's where we're picking up. We're in in Luke 24. I bet you didn't think you were going to get that this morning. So, uh, Luke 24, verses 44 through 49. It's page, if you're inside and you got a church Bible, page 1048, if you want to follow along. If you're outside, just enjoy. Here we go. It says, He said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. You are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Now, the disciples that were gathered together behind locked doors were all Jews. And as such, they would have known the Scriptures, the first Five books of the of the Bible are known as the Law of Moses. They would have known those. The the books of the prophets, they would have known. The Psalms, they would have known. Most of of the men there wouldn't have just known them, they would have memorized them. So they had this deeper understanding. If that weren't enough, they had spent the last three years with Jesus, where Jesus was going through those scriptures and showing them how they all point to the Messiah, this promised Savior, and that He was Him. And yet, they didn't get it. Despite the fulfillment of all these prophecies. All these miracles that he had performed, despite the fact that he had in fact died and on the third day rose again and he was present there with them, they still couldn't believe. They still couldn't understand the scriptures. And and it makes you wonder, why is that? How could they be so dense? How could they not understand? How could they not believe in the risen Christ? Because the door to their mind was locked. The door to their mind was locked, and they did not possess the key to unlock it. See, despite all their efforts, despite all their efforts, they did not have the ability to unlock the door to their minds so that they could understand exactly who Jesus was. Despite all the evidence They couldn't unlock the door to their minds to believe in the risen Christ. Again, despite the fact that he's fulfilled all these prophecies, performed all these miracles, that he in fact died and rose again, and they were witnesses to it. They couldn't believe because they did not have the power to unlock the door to their understanding and belief. But you know who did and who does still? The one who could appear behind locked doors, Jesus. He has the ability to unlock the mind so that we can understand the scriptures and believe in the risen Christ. That's, look at verse 45. It, it tells us that he did this. It says, then he opened their minds. Then he opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures Jesus unlocked the door of their minds. Up to that point, they just couldn't understand. They needed him to intervene. They didn't have the power to unlock their minds. And then um, verse 46, it says, the Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. See, now it began to make sense to them. It all began to make sense. And and they, they began to understand that life wasn't over. See, they they thought at this point that life as they had known it was over, but it was actually just beginning. It was actually just beginning. And then they had a newfound purpose. And Jesus points this out in verse 47. It says, And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. See, this would become the purpose of their lives, this is what they were going to live for and ultimately what they were going to die for. Their purpose was to share this good news that through repentance or turning away from their sin, turning away from all the things that, that we think are going to bring us joy and, and, and peace and, and, and purpose that really don't, that turning away from those things and turning to Jesus, we would receive forgiveness and receive this new and, and, and abundant life. That was the message that they were called to preach. They had a newfound purpose. Now, here's the challenge. They didn't have the power to unlock their own minds to understand the scriptures and how they all pointed to Jesus. And they didn't have the power to unlock their own minds to believe in the risen Christ. Again, despite all the evidence, they needed help. And Jesus offers that help in 49. He says, I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. See, the power from on high that he was referring to is his spirit, the Holy Spirit. And he had been promised by the Father that the spirit was going to come. Once Jesus died and he was resurrected then he was going to walk the face of the earth for 40 days and that's what he was doing this is day 1 he's walking the face of the earth on day 40 he's going to ascend into heaven so he's going back to heaven going to be seated at the right hand of father and then there's a promise that he's going to send his spirit to dwell within every follower every disciple of his we we know that as the day of pentecost We call it the Day of Pentecost, and it's 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus when the Holy Spirit comes. We're going to celebrate that on May 28th, and and I'm excited. I love opening up the the scriptures to that passage and seeing exactly what happened when the Holy Spirit came. But um, anyhow, that's the power that he's referring to, the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who holds the key to unlock the doors to our minds so that we can understand the scriptures and how they point to Jesus and how he has fulfilled all those things and to unlock our minds so that we can believe in the risen Jesus. We can't do it ourselves. What was true for them is true for us today. We do not have the power to unlock our own minds. And we do not have the power to unlock anybody else's mind, as great as that would be. But we do have a purpose. We share in the same purpose as those early disciples, and that is to lead people to the one who can do that, to lead people to Jesus, to have an encounter with Jesus. And we can do that by sharing our testimony, our own experiences, provided that we've had those. Or one of the best ways to do it is to provide them with the Bible. And it's so helpful. If, if you have somebody who, who may be open to, to an encounter with Jesus, maybe you can help them out by getting them a good Bible. And and I recommend a, a life application Bible or a study Bible. Um, I think they're great. You can get different translations that are easy to read, like the New International Version or the English Standard Version or the New Living Translation. There are lots of easy-to-read translations out there. And the, the benefit of a study Bible or Um, A life application Bible, they have commentary at the bottom of the page. And I I tell people all the time, it's like like a cheater Bible. Like you get the answers down there. So a lot of times you're confused at what you're reading here, but then you go to the bottom and you read the commentary and all of a sudden it starts making sense because you got the answers there. So that's really helpful. So get somebody a Bible like that. Encourage them to start reading. But tell them, don't start at the beginning like most books. Like the Bible, I don't think, is meant to be read like that. So Tell them to start reading at what we call the New Testament. That's when Jesus comes on the scene. And uh, pick up at Matthew. And then read forward from there. Start reading from Matthew forward. And and get to know him through his life as Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John lay that out. And then get to know how the early church came about. That's really helpful. And once you understand Jesus and who he is and you've had an encounter with him. And now the Holy Spirit is bringing this this unlocking of your mind. So now you have understanding. then, Then go back Go back to the beginning and start at Genesis and start reading forward. And notice, because now you got new eyes to see. Notice how all of it, all of this, what we call the Old Testament, is pointing to Jesus. It's all pointing to our need for Jesus. And you'll see all these prophecies being fulfilled. It's amazing. And so I I remember like it was yesterday when that occurred in my life. It was 35 years ago, almost to the day. And uh, I remember... I was on this weekend, and it's called, of all things, The Walk to Emmaus. Isn't that crazy? So I was on this weekend called The Walk to Emmaus, and I have this encounter with Jesus like never before, and uh, I am blown away by, by just who he is, and um, I, I'm just hungry for more. And I remember um, at the end of that weekend, Carolyn, we weren't even dating at the time. She had dumped me at that point. The, um, but anyhow, at the, she was kind enough to give me a Bible, and she gave me a good Bible and had commentary. And then she said, here, when, when you go back to Roanoke, so she lived in Northern Virginia, I lived in Roanoke. She said, when you go back there, start reading this Bible, but start at Matthew, all right? And so I didn't know the difference between the Old Testament, the New Testament. I didn't know any, anything. And I said, all right, and so... I would come home from work at night and I'd get something to eat and I would go into my room and I would shut the door. And I'd climb in bed with my Bible and I would just start reading. And and I would just read and read and read and then I would pray until I fell asleep at night. I I wanted to learn everything there was to learn about Jesus. And I ate it up. And what happened, it began to transform me. It began to change me. It, It changed my beliefs And it changed my behaviors. I began to change because all of a sudden the Holy Spirit had unlocked my mind. I was beginning to understand what the scriptures said. He unlocked my mind. I, I began to believe in the risen Jesus. And everything began to change for me. So thankful for that. And see, we have an opportunity to do that for other people. We have a common purpose. If you've had an encounter with Jesus, if the Holy Spirit has unlocked your mind to understand and to believe, then, then you have a purpose, and that's to help other people encounter the same. Because I know that, that was my passion at that time. Um, I didn't change jobs. I didn't quit my job and go to work for the church. Now, I continued to do the same thing, but I had a new purpose. I did it with a new purpose. Yeah, I couldn't wait to tell other people, about what I experienced, and um, everything changed. The per- my purpose in life changed, and that's why I do what I do today. And so we have an opportunity to all be changed like that and to serve this greater purpose, to maybe help somebody who is seeking to have an encounter with Jesus, to provide a Bible. I remember I would keep a Bible in my desk at all times in case I had um, a conversation with somebody and they were interested, and I would say, here's a Bible. And they're like, well, I can't take your Bible. I go, no, I have this one here just to give away to you. And then I'd give it away and go get another one and put it there. And just encourage them. Again, start reading at Matthew. And as you start to read, pray. Before you start reading, pray. Just pray, God, would you open my mind? Would you unlock the door to my mind so I can understand what I'm reading? Would you unlock my mind so that I could believe in the risen Jesus? Just a simple prayer. And encourage them to do that. Encourage them to have a a little notebook or a journal or something to write down what they're learning. And, And more importantly, maybe what questions they might have so that they can seek the answers. They can Pray and, and ask God to reveal the answers. They can look through the Bible, throughout it, and, and find the answers. They can ask you or, or me or other people. But the answers are there if they're looking. But have a little journal. Then, um, again, as you begin to, to grow in that understanding, grow in that relationship, then remember that you've been called just like the early disciples with the same purpose. And that's to help others encounter Jesus and discover what you have discovered. See, we don't have the power and in and of ourselves to unlock somebody's mind. But we can point them to the one who does. And so right now, I, I just feel like there's such a sense of urgency. This past week, um, in a 24-hour period, three different people died and that were connected to our congregation. Three people in 24 hours. And so Greg Bell's grandfather um, died. He, he was 94, he broke his hip, and you know they had the difficult decision, do we operate or not? And if we don't, he's not going to make it, and if we do, he probably won't make it. And, and sadly, they operated, and, and he didn't make it. And today's his 95th birthday, and he died. Within the same 24-hour period, John Rothert and uh, Riley's stepbrother, Jonathan, died, and he was. 33 years old. In the same 24-hour period, Pastor John Mendez and his wife Carolina, some of you guys have been to the Dominican Republic um, before, their son Alexander tragically died. He was 14 years old. In one 24-hour period, three different people died. And, And it just reminds me of the urgency. Like, we don't know how... How long we have when we're going to die? I mean, 95 is awesome. You know that's a great life. But you don't know if it's going to happen when you're 33 or you're 14, or whatever you may be. and we have an opportunity not that we have the power or the ability to unlock somebody's mind, but we have the opportunity to point them to the one that does. And there's no greater honor than to be used by God in that process and to see somebody all of a sudden get it, right? Have you ever been around somebody? Has that been true for you when all of a sudden it's like the door's been unlocked and you, I get it. Like all of a sudden I, I, I couldn't see you, I didn't understand you, I didn't recognize him. He was there all along, but I, I didn't, and I, I get it, like that's what the Holy Spirit can and will do for us, and can and will do for others. And he wants to use us in the process. So we're going to pray, and and I believe that there are people that are on your heart, that God has placed on your heart, people that are near you that are probably far from God. And I think this would be a great opportunity. John's going to come up and play some music just to to pray, to, to intercede on their behalf, to ask God to open, to unlock the door to their mind, the door to understanding, the door to belief in the risen Jesus. So let's pray. Lord, thanks so much for the opportunity to just come before you and ask. And Lord, you tell us, if we seek, we'll find. If we ask, you'll open the door. And we're asking you to open the door perhaps to to our minds for a greater understanding, for greater belief. And to open the door to those that uh, we care deeply about, that they might understand and that they might believe as well. Lord, would you do the work that only you can do? We thank you. And we recognize it's an urgent, urgent matter. Help us not to be just lax, lazy or fearful, but to be more bold. We ask it all in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.